Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Tuesday, July 12th. We know the feeling every tennis fan is experiencing right now. It happens every time there's a Grand Slam event over a two-week span on the tennis calendar. Simply put, all of us feeling that post-Wimbledon hangover. Now, the good news is that the tennis world always delivers the goods to us tennis fans. One of those few sports that really is a 52-week, 365-day affair. And thankfully, the ATP WTA Tour is providing us the perfect hangover cure in the form of two ATP events, two WTA events, and so many fascinating challengers and ITF events for us as tennis fans to enjoy this week. Of course, something we also always enjoy here at Crack Rackets is a segment we love to call Tennis Point Tuesdays. It's our exploration of all of the latest and greatest products, all of the latest and greatest happenings happening across levels in the professional tennis world and if it's a tennis point tuesday all of you listeners know who will be joining me on today's podcast making his long awaited return and i do apologize for that fact like everyone we here at crack rackets can get caught up in all things grand slam tennis but making his long awaited return is a man who anticipated nick Kyrgios might just make the finals of the 2022 Wimbledon. Of course, our friend here at Cracked Rackets, Nate Walrith. Nate, welcome back to the podcast, my man. Two weeks later, should have had you on during his run. That said, you must be feeling pretty good, right? You're feeling pretty clairvoyant, dare I say. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, I was enjoying that whole run. And when I said it, like, I didn't feel like it was that crazy. I mean, what Nick said, being a top five grass court player in the world, it was like, if he's believing that he's putting in the work off the court with his fitness, why not? Nick's obviously one of those talented players that we've ever seen. And it was awesome to see him put it together for two weeks and play at the highest level he's probably ever played at in his career and challenge maybe the greatest player of all time on one of the biggest stages in tennis. And it was just awesome. I'm sure you had a similar experience. All the, like, all the sports fans that you and I might know that don't tune into tennis per se, getting those texts from them, like that they're tuned into this type of match, that's when you know like tennis has kind of broken the barrier of like the norm where it's out of the niche audience of like the tennis diehards and it kind of reaches the other uh the, the other forms of the sports universe and that's that to me was pretty special and the city pass match did it as well when if you would have faced rafa that would have done it too so i think it was a great two weeks for tennis even despite all the uh off the court drama kind of going on with wimbledon i thought it was an awesome event and i know uh nick Kyrgios looked like he had a lot of fun out there 
Well, it's always interesting to hear you say that. And as you know, I like to go do field work, talk to the non-tennis engaged crowd who are tuning into whether it be a Grand Slam event or whatever is catching their attention and has them tuning into tennis in the moment. And, you know, before this podcast started and we haven't spoken in a couple of weeks, unfortunately, but you were asking me, so how was the wedding you attended July 4th weekend? And on that wedding weekend, you know, that Saturday was the wedding and when you're a family member in someone's wedding, there are photos you have to take before the wedding starts. And the photos were initially scheduled for 4.30. Then it got pushed forward to 3 p.m. So everyone had to scramble to get ready. Everyone's sitting in the lobby, ready to hop on this bus, go take photos. And then we get a notification, hey, just kidding, push back to 4.30. And so all of us are assembled in the hotel lobby, and obviously there are TVs on in the hotel lobby. Well, all of us ended up circling around the TV where Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern time, it was Nick Kyrgios taking on Stefano Tsitsipas. And the amount of attention that match received, it, you know, it helps to be a first weekend in July. There's not that much going on in the sporting world. This match is being played on ESPN at a reasonable hour. As such, people are just inevitably and invariably going to tune in. But to your point... If you can't many, beat out the Nathan Tottog eating contest, we got bigger problems. That's what I'm saying. If if Tsitsipas Kyrgios isn't more entertaining than Chestnut housing 60-plus hot dogs for the <laughs> 25th straight year, like we are absolutely... You know, not since Chestnut versus Kobayashi has the hot dog eating contest been relevant and we don't even have that sort of rivalry anymore but the larger point being did you get those texts and I mean look we've prefaced every curious discussion with the fact he faces serious allegations of assault outside of the outside of the tennis court and he's going to have to go inside of the courtroom in Australia to face those allegations. Kyrgios, not the first significant ATP player to face significant allegations. Obviously, Alex Virov going through something similar. Nicholas Basilishvili, Tiago Sabath-Vild. The inaction of the ATP Tour to address any sort of assault allegation, to have any sort of mechanism, whether it be to suspend a player pending an investigation or just to announce some sort of internal investigation as well. That's a larger conversation we've had here at Cracked Rackets over the past two weeks. But the other part of that equation is, again, does Kyrgios draw eyes on the sport? Is he, and it's an arbitrary concept, good for the game? What do you think? It's There's no question he's good for the game. I, I don't understand i saw you go back and forth with some twitter followers like i i grew up playing football and basketball as much as i played tennis until about the age of like 12 so like most a lot of my close friends are not tennis fans per se when i get texts from these guys who i don't talk to on a regular basis and they're tuning in like that doesn't happen often and i know when curious plays against these 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 uh heavyweight battles they're watching nick curious for the drama and they want to see like they want to see the show Nick Kyrgios is he knows that sports are for entertainment. Like at the end of like at the end of the day, we, we watch sports for it to be entertained and to like obviously for the for the love of the game and all that other stuff, but it's like the whole point of what these guys are doing is to put on a show and to put on a spectacle. And Nick does that. I mean, could I do without the cussing on the court and you know in front of the children and stuff like that? Sure. Like that would be great if he could kind of tone it down a little bit. But at the end of the day, like how good was the drama for three and a half hours? Like you, I was in an airport flying back from Montana and I propped my iPad up on the uh, chair in front of me. And so a few of my buddies could watch. And like, <clears throat> as, the, as the match went on, we had like people just kind of gathering behind us, kind of like they saw we were watching the tennis match and they, they're kind of just like super interested to see what happened. And I was asking, are you guys tennis fans? And they're like, 
not really, but like they wanted to see this and they both knew what was going on at Wimbledon. And I thought that was pretty special. And, you know, you had the Bill Simmons and the Rosillos and the, kind of the big guys in sports media talking about it. And that always makes us uh, tennis folks feel pretty good about our sport and where it is when uh, we can kind of break the barriers of, of the mainstream media and tennis. I agree with you. I think traditional tennis fans will be turned off by Kyrgios, particularly given some of his disrespect towards ball boys, umpires, opponents. Yeah, you can't do that. No, yeah. and, and you understand why that is disrespectful and, again, a bad look for the sport. To your point, though, he's in uh, it's unabashed entertainment. Like, there is no denying that, A, the shots Nick Kyrgios can hit, and I got to watch. I haven't watched a full tennis match with my older brother since we both lived in my parents' house, and he happened to obviously be there for the weekend. To watch him flip-flop between Kyrgios' hater and then – I forget what service game it was, but it was third or fourth set. Kyrgios is down love 40, and he just goes, unreturnable serve, unreturnable serve, ridiculous half volley, unreturnable serve, plus one forehand winner. And even my older brother was like, holy crap, is this guy good at tennis? And there's no denying that as well. When he's locked in the way he was over the course of, honestly, the five weeks of grass court tennis, he can look like a top 10 player. He brought the goods, like you just said. Yeah. Yeah. He, he definitely was like a top – I mean, he's one of the top, what, top three best servers of all time, definitely yeah. top five. And I had my uncle who, like, doesn't ever watch tennis since, like, the McEnroe days, and he's texting me. I'm just like, wow. Like, I'd never get – it's just like that – I don't know what other player in our sport has that type of pool. It's like we ha- we, we don't have, like – we always hear about the glory days of, like, the McEnroes and the huh. – um, what, 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 I mean, all these rivalries that were amazing. Like, we, we, didn't, we missed out on – I don't even want to talk about all the 80s and 90s tennis that – they always say like how much better tennis was, especially in America. But that to me was like, that was peak entertainment. I was, I'm still bummed. We didn't get Rafa versus curious. I think that was going to be electric as well. But um, overall what Novak was able to do in that tournament and just lock in at, to another level. And really just from the very, from the very first ball, his level is, I mean, he's still in his prime. Like, I, don't, I don't, I don't understand what Novak's how he does it, but he's only going to be playing. This might be the last major of the, of the year, which is a bummer, but um, yeah, Novak takes it and he inches one closer to uh, to Rafa. Well, it's so fascinating to hear you say that. And you know what? I'm going to fire out the tweet afterwards. I made this point on yesterday's mini break with David Kane. Uh, Novak Djokovic, 78 and 12, I believe, since the start of the 2021 season. He's holding 86 point like five percent of the time, which is a percent above his career average. He's breaking 32.1 percent of the time, which is his career average. 35 years old. The numbers indicate. The eye test indicate. This guy is still in his prime, and it's just, again, ridiculous that he can go, you know, again, just look at the clock and say, all right, I'm not going to miss for the next hour and a half, and if you beat me, credit to you, but I'm not going to miss, and it's just a zone, uh, an ability to turn it on that, like in my life, prime Serena, prime LeBron, Tom Brady with a minute and a half left on the clock. And Aaron Rodgers with a minute and a half left on the clock. Sorry, I have to do it because that's I know that's a debate for a different time. Uh, but like those four and Djokovic, that's the list. Like no disrespect to Rafa because it's different. When Rafa walks on the court, you get 110% of Rafa from start to finish. It's the turn it on and like that switch that can be flipped that the elite of the elite have – and I'm not saying Nadal doesn't have that because he should be on that list because he's always turned on to his credit. So he probably is the sixth name there. But like Phelps Olympics, yeah. like that's the I list. Would, yeah, 
Yeah, throw Phelps in there. That's a good shot. Phelps Beijing. But, oh, what, what, yeah, that that was that was ridiculous. I mean, I, I haven't watched a, a race like multiple races in the Olympics for swimming, and like made sure I knew the times since Phelps was in the Olympics. Yeah, but, fourteen years. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. And I, I, I missed that. I, I would go back and replay that just because I remember it was a spectacle. Like every time he got in the water, it was a, a spectacle. Uh, but how about like we, we talked about this before, but I don't understand. Nope. Back's ability to absorb power and deliver that like 55 to 60, whatever. It's like 70% ball that he just has back to the baseline where it's like, he almost like the, the swing almost like never finishes. And he just kind of like lunges at the ball where he just guys, like, I'm just going to guide this back and try to reset the neutral. He can do that against these top players. And like curious slot a few winners off that ball occasionally, but like over the course of a match, it's like his ability to just absorb pace is ridiculous. And I mean, not to mention the, the passing shot he hit against center, which is like, if you're, if you're going to tell me he's not in his prime and then you're going to go watch that shot he hit against center where he's moving full, I mean, he's full bore heading into the left, the, the, the ad court wing and just slides into that backhand short angle. It's like, you can't tell me this guy's not still playing the best tennis of his life. No, fair. And I know we said Wimbledon hangover at the start. We do want to move on, talk about the events yep. happening this week on the ATP and WTA tour. But another takeaway from the Novak experience Talk about a guy who's locked into tennis Twitter. I mean, he wins the match. He duplicates the photo from the semifinals where he's doing the little floating on his stomach on the court. He's, you know, he's referring to the bromance in the press conference or talking about how his son's playing a set with Bob Bryan's kid, which, of course, watching them hit, took off on tennis Twitter. I'm telling you, Novak scrolls the tweets. He's checking his notifications. He's definitely <laughs> locked in. That's I, I hope so because I, I saw his wife was uh, defending defending Novak against with uh, kind of with Ben Roethlisberger, Ben Rothenberg pushing the uh, that narrative on the on the whole coming to the U.S. with the vaccine thing, and I, I respect it. Like she's gonna stand up for her husband and kind of speak out and let 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 the tennis community kind of know why he does what he does, and you don't have to agree with it. Like I'm not saying like you have to agree with what Novak's decision making is, but just like the transparency that the Novak camp is allowed for the, the kind of beef to the tennis world. I respect it. It's like, he's, I think he's very open with his fans and the media. And like, he doesn't care if you like him or not. He just is who he is. And he's comfortable in his own skin. And I thought that just, it's a very commendable thing for what Novak's kind of done and been through. It's very transparent. That's fair. He has certainly in- incorporated that more and more into just him as a per- his personality, his being over the course of the past few years. That said, I mean, yes, you're right. She, you can understand why Yelena Djokovic would want to defend her husband at the same time. The solution is obvious: get vaccinated, and you know you get vaccinated. Here's what I'll say: a tennis tournament will never transcend U.S. policy. Now, you may disagree with that U.S. policy, but if the U.S. isn't going to allow non-vaccinated people into the United States, they will not make an exception for the U.S. Open. I feel pretty confident uh, in it's, saying that. It seems like Novak's okay with it, though. It doesn't seem like he's, he's, he's bothered by it. Well, that's what makes this Wimbledon run re- as impressive as it was. It was kind of like, hey, you need to win this. Like, if you don't win yeah. this, your tournament or your season's probably a failure. And, exactly. and want, yep. yeah, and it and it's ridiculous to say that out loud because again, seventy eight and twelve since the start of twenty twenty one. But it's like, okay, he got the slam title he needed, and now you know again keeps things competitive in that race, and you know validates all things Novak Djokovic quickly on Rabakina. You know, I love me some Serena Williams Power Tennis Country Club. We have a new member, Nate Dog. We officially we, 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 inducted Rabakina. No. 
into she has full full membership privileges. She can do it all now, Monday through Sunday. Just again, the free meals now are going to come to her door. We just sold her the newest property. She's slotted up right next to Petra Kavitova's house. It's you know again, it's a starter house. There's no denying that, but. Good first place not, in the country. Not a bad club. starter house. No, and it's just house. like, I mean, again, 23 years old. It's just how effortless it was. It just made sense to me. Cracks the ball. Yeah. I mean, she's, what, what is she, six foot one? I mean, she uses her length unbelievably. Like, she throws all of her, I mean, yeah, I can watch her hit forehands all day. It's like, I thought Madison Keys had the firepower that I hadn't seen before. I think Rabakina, is let me just make sure. Is it actually Rabakina? I had, we did a pod last night, and I was like, Gruskin says it's Rabakina. I've heard Rabakina. I, I, what is the correct pronunciation? You'd have to defer to the WTA My website. I, I need to figure this out. But uh, regardless, no, she was, I mean, on her game. And I thought it was, I mean, what are the chances that, a, like, she has her breakout, her breakout tournament in a tournament where Russian-born people are not allowed to play? She's actually born in Russia, changes her nationality 2018. So just a pretty crazy story. And uh, just Anna Jabur as well. Another, I have to shout out Anna Jabur. The shot she had, the 360 spin, half volley, where the ball was like two feet behind her. That like the racket for Arns is just an extension of her hand. Like that that she loves tennis. I I, I could watch Arns Jabur all day. Just the control she has with that stick is ridiculous. Yeah, no, I mean it was a fun final, even if the quality of play wasn't always its highest. Just two players who played very different styles of tennis. But yeah, I mean, I'm all in. On her Bacchina. Except for now, she's going to be so mainstream. So, like, you know, these past three years, I could be singing her yeah. praises and everyone could be like, shut up. Like, we don't care about the player who's ranked number 22 in the world. It's like, well, you do now. And <laughs> now I just need to find, like, I think it's time for me to pivot. I, I'm sorry. She's had too much success. We've inducted you into SWPCC. Like, what more can we do with you, Elena Rabak? And I got to find my <laughs> new, I think... I think WS19 champion. Well, I think I'm just going to go on the Von Drusova bandwagon the rest of the way. Like, should she ever get healthy? I'm all in on the lefty and just like the contrast she provides on tour now. I need to find a new power tennis player. Well, I think it's an Isimova. It's not even like a, but the problem is that's just a bandwagon. It's just like a lot of people are on the Anisimova bandwagon. I got to find my Rabakina replacement. It's devastating, Nate Dog. I'm like, this it's, is, I've been on this, co- in no, this quarter since the beginning. I, that's uh, I, no, I'm, I'm, I can I can definitely vouch for you there. You've been on this wagon pretty pretty early on, and I who who was another person that you were on that I was oh no, you were uh, Baez. Those those are the two people in the last Baez. like six months that you had me tune into a little bit more. Baez is uh, he's about to tip off with Fognini here shortly. Yeah, I'm just waiting for everyone to get on the Ben Shelton bandwagon because then this podcast. Are people is- not on- are people well, not on the Ben Shelton wagon? I have people who just haven't seen him play much yet. Like, they're going to see him play at the Challengers over the course of the summer. They'll see him at the U.S. Open. Everyone's going to be like, who is this lefty? And we'll be like, we knew. We knew who the lefty was. And Hot take. He'll be yeah. top 100 by the time 2023 season's over. <sighs> is he playing college tennis? No. No. See, he's, he's- like adamant that he will play. Adamant about what? it. But I'm like, I just keep, wow. whatever he says, and I just go, liar. I'm like, yeah, there's no way. Yeah. I mean, maybe, but like, he must love being a Gator because well, it's a good is, setup. Girlfriends on campus, families on campus. College coaching. tennis is fun. Um, no, yeah, that's his, the truth. Yeah, his it's coach. Like, Liam, yeah. if it was Liam Draxel, I would believe that had the games to do this, I would believe you 100. percent Like Draxel wants to be a, a wildcat and just kind of let 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 the uh, college tennis world have all of his personality. But like Sheldon, 
pretty like even tempered guy, like seems to just kind of move around his bit, like move along with his own business and kind of, I don't know, but I'd, I'd be surprised. He's got the game to, to be a, to be a force on the, on the tour right now. I'll tell you this. If he comes back, it would be the most pedigreed player to come back since Stevie. Like all due respect to Paul Jubb, who came back in Much more 2020 after winning the 19 uh, title. Wow. There's a take. I don't know, man. I think Some... here's what I'll say. I, I know, I know. In twenty, you know, nine, Stevie's ten, eleven, good. twelve. Well, here's you weren't watching. Like Stevie, you think the Ben's forehand is good compared to everyone else in college tennis? You should have seen what Stevie would do to people. Like it was literally just like, okay, that's cute, but like, I, just so you know, I it's him play four. I watched yeah. him play Virginia, I think, in like in the final four, maybe or finals or something. That was like the only time I ever watched Stevie in the in college. Yeah, he would just get to his own where it's like, okay, it's four all in the set. Like, I just want you to know, I'm going to start trying now, and I'm going to win these two games, and then it's going to be six four. Just, uh, just to be like, you're okay with that, right? Just a warning, because that's what's going to happen to you now. But it, am I hearing that you don't think Shelton is maybe more talented than Stevie Johnson? No, I'm, I'm saying. It's a separate discussion. I'm okay. saying I, I just want to make sure we're not. No, <laughs> I'm saying Ben can do that, sure, in his college season. I'm saying six foot four, lefty. I like his backhand a little bit more. Better athlete. Oh, I don't know, man. Stevie can move. Stevie Stevie's Stevie's got, a good mover, but No, like, but he's have you seen the action on his forehand? It's laughable. Or like the kick serve he can hit out wide. As an athlete, though, as a mover, as a guy that's like no, I mean Ben's a little bigger, but like I'm just saying, don't sell Stevie short. I just I've seen Stevie do things on a college tennis court where you're just like, ha, you're just like, no, we're projecting to the tour level though. No, I know, I know. Problems. Like if you're looking at your. Yeah, I agree. I already tweeted out. I think it'll be top ten in 2027. <laughs> like I'm just saying, it's a it's a fun argument. Yeah, right, okay. I wanted so it. I wanted it on the record that. that in five years he'll be top ten, and then I'll be able to pull up that tweet, and people will be like, "You're an idiot," and I'll say, "Yeah, I, I know." Last thing on college tennis: Who are the three players you can leave shouting in this group? Who are the three players currently in college tennis that have the highest ceiling on the tour? 2022 season. Yeah, who who has the highest ceiling to to hit the tour? Like- Shelton, Navarro, and Stearns. Connie Ma can this freshman from Stanford can yeah, be as yeah. good as she wants to be at tennis. I just don't think she wants to be good. Uh, that's not true. She wants to be excellent at tennis, but I also think she wants to be a doctor. And doctor trumps tennis player, Fair. and so that will be the only thing that holds her back. Yepafanova is really good at Stanford. On the men's side, I mean. I think Cannon's going to be as good as Cannon can be. Uh, Cannon Kingsley. I just don't know how good that is because Cannon's a workhorse. I mean, I, I you see the guy at nine a.m. in the gym everywhere you look, and just like he will extract every ounce of himself. Boyton, obviously, a big one. Holmgren's going to get to the top two fifty pretty quickly. I just don't know how much higher than that he's going to go. It's all really good. There's a I lot of names, really good players. Two names. First off, Pat Maloney, think- Michigan. Let's go blue. I, I, he's not, he, I didn't have him in mind. What about Gabe Diallo though? I think. He oh, duh. That, yeah, that's a, uh, that's a great call. He's, I, he's he, the new Shelton. He's what he Shelton together, was going into last year. Yeah. If he puts it together and finds a little, like the, he just needs to be more comfortable moving Six, forward. Seven. He, it, but if he can volley a little bit better, like he, that was the one thing he just could not, the front court was uncomfortable for him this, this past season. If he can just get a little tidier in that space, He's going to be dangerous. That guy hits. I mean, he, he, watching him versus Vassal was was awesome tennis. 
And then what about Walton? I know Walton's not as a big, a big of a guy, but he's going to grind and he loves. Another, another guy who will be in the top 400 before you know the end of the year. Like he is just the he epitomizes good. The the two guys you said, and I'm glad you bring up these names. There'd be three I'd throw out there to watch next season on the men's side. Diallo has to be one of them. Already won a futures title. Massive serve, massive ground stroke. So fluid for a guy six seven. There's just a lot to like in that yep. similar vein. Yep. Tell any coach in the world six foot five lefty, they'd say go on. Johannes mm-hmm. Johannes Monday at Tennessee, rising mm-hmm. junior guy just has it, and if you watch enough of him play, you'll see that. Uh, but, those would be, you know, again, two of the rising stars. The third one would honestly be Shinsuke Mitsui, who's the sophomore who's had pro success. T- uh, Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee. Yeah, who's yeah, yeah. just he's a little guy, right? Yeah, but he is. Yeah. he's just got it. Like just the athleticism, yeah. the fire, the ability to move forward, the ability to play on his terms. Like he played four or five last season. And that was just because Tennessee was so good. I could see him coming back next year, and it's Monday one, Mitsui two, because, again. Oh, he was good. I got to watch him play against Baylor, actually. Yeah, those guys can play. And we're going to talk, by the way, about all the college guys having success out on the Pro Tour on the Great Shot podcast this week with our friend John Parsons. With that said, Nate, let's get into this week on the ATP and WTA Tour and what we want to do on today's podcast. As we've done in that past, just kind of briefly run you through the big events we'll be watching and monitoring here at Cracked Racket. It's been about five, six minutes on each of them. Go through who the seeds are, offer our predictions as well. With that in mind, Nate, let's stay on the grass courts. You know what they say the best cure for the hangover is, right? Just to keep drinking. Well, the best cure for grass court tennis to keep watching more grass court tennis. And that's what we've got with the ATP action happening in Newport. Of course, the site of the Tennis Hall of Fame, this grass court event being covered uh, on Tennis Channel throughout the course of the week and featuring a bunch of top dogs. You've got a guy like Felix Ogier Aliasim after a disappointing first-round loss for him at Wimbledon. Certainly a tough draw against Max Cressy, but he's right back on on the scene, right back in the draw, and you look for FAA for him to... Uh, obviously make this decision a testament to the no points being offered at Wimbledon. And I think that fact, no points being offered by Wimbledon, no Russians, Belarusians being able to play. We see a lot of top dogs competing this week on the ATP Tour. Again, FAA, your one seed in Newport, your number two seed, John Isner, three seed, the always dangerous on the grass court, Sasha Bublik. Maybe my favorite thing to look, though, on this board, to see on this board, number four seed, Maxime Cressy gets a bye in the first round. Crazy to think this guy, again, outside the top 100, the season he's had now, has a bye in the first round of an ATP 250 event. He's likely going to play Timmy Van Reithoven. TVR, who's coming off of that fourth round at Wimbledon, played no back about as admirably as anyone has a first-round matchup with qualifier Mitchell Kruger. You know, that's the uh, that's the Walmart-branded version, I suppose, of Novak Djokovic would be Mitchell Kruger, just from a physical perspective on this court. But if we get TVR Cressy in the round of 16, I mean, talk about a juicy matchup. Those are your top four seeds. There are other interesting players in the draw we can get into, Nate Dog. But what are you looking forward to most about Newport? You definitely mentioned the first one. What are those? So actually, Cressy is younger than TVR, which is... Yeah, TVR's a 97, Cressy's a 98. Wow. Um, which I guess I, I, I would have thought that TVR was younger. But he, he just had this – you just don't see 25-year-olds have a breakout. And then we just kind of – like, we see it with – we saw it with Karatsev. We're now seeing it with TVR. But it doesn't happen very often in the men's game where you see these guys just kind of 
come coming to their own at 25. I mean, it just feels like it's a little bit later in the process, but so it's going to be a lot of fun to see where TVR kind of takes his game after the heck of a grass court season he just put on. Um, I'm looking for Jack Sock versus Bublik. I know like Sock's, he just re- like he just kind of re- re-motivated himself to play high-level tennis, to get back in shape, and to kind of have fun on the tour again. And it seems like he's doing all those things. So I know Bublik, it, it, it depends how locked in he is, but that's just going to be an awesome matchup with two guys slapping the ball, the variety from Bublik, the big forehand from Sock. I'm, I think that's that's one I have my eyes on. I want to see if Andy Murray is going to con- continue to keep pushing. He's got a tough matchup with, with Query on the grass. Um, I believe, did Query work Diego Schwartzman earlier on the grass court season, if I remember correctly? I believe Query beat him, if memory that's serves said, me yeah. correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Query, Query yeah. beat him it's in straight sets. Yeah, one and four at Queens like Club. Good. Yeah, good shot by you. Great shot by you. Um, so I want to see if Query can kind of keep on ticking. But that's, I mean, obviously Murray is motivated to get his ranking back in a good spot. Um, Liam Brody, that guy is just, since he played the Dallas Challenger or the Dallas Open, where he lost his luggage and stuff. It's like ever since that whole thing happened, he's played his best tennis of his career in the last four or five months. And now he's put himself in a position where he's, he feels pretty dangerous on a grass court. Uh, who did he had a tough match? He lost to somebody tough in the at Wimbledon. I forget who it was, but he's that's another guy that's kind of coming to his own and starting to feel out his way on, on the tour and like kind of he's figuring out how he can, how, how he can beat these top 200 guys. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's a fun draw. Gojo, uh, the German beat Ugo Humbert in the first round. Solid win. He'll play Isner. Uh, I just, I can't believe B- Big Big John is is still doing what he do- what he does on tour and still a top forty guy. Yeah. No, I mean, I think I look up and down this board again. There's a lot of things to enjoy. Certainly, Andy Murray. You know, coming off of this, the loss, uh, what was it, to Tsitsipas, I believe. Uh, at, yeah. No, 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 not to Tsitsipas. No, no, it was to, to, uh, to Isner, excuse me, not to Tsitsipas. Isner, yeah. To Isner, yeah, I'm confusing That's U.S. Strange. Open Wimbledon. Yeah, Isner, uh, no, four sets, right? Because Murray yeah. won the third, but Isner just serving lights out. I mean, to get Murray back on court, he talked openly in his pre-tournament press about how he wants to build his ranking back up, try and get seated at the slam so that he's not facing an Isner in the first week, so that he's at least waiting until round three and until he has to face off against a fellow seed. But, I mean, look, Sam Query goose-egged at, at Wimbledon after a pretty good warm-up to that grass court season. You know, round of 16, Queens Club through qualifying. Round of 16, Netherlands through qualifying. To have that and lose first round in straight sets to Barankas at Wimbledon. I mean, look, yeah, how no much idea. is left in the in the 34-year-old Sam Query's career? It's a good question to ask. And, I mean, certainly if you can't get up for a Murray match, I don't know how much motivation there's left in the tank. Nevertheless, that's a fun first-round matchup for our Who retires sooner, Query or Isner? Who, who, who hangs oh. it up sooner? That's a great question. Query, because Isner just has the ranking to do more things. Like, I just don't know if Sam's going to be willing to go grind on the Challenger Tour as his outside the top 200 ranking would indicate he has to do. Isner sleepwalks his way into all the big events, right? And, like, if you can still play the big events, why not? Wasn't Sam like living out of his van from the beginning of his career? Like something crazy, like traveling, like the beginning of his story was, I remember listening to it like back when he began the tour and I think he beat Roddick or he beat somebody early on in his career where it kind of surprised us. And I think like he was like traveling to these tournaments, living out of like a big Astro van. I'm like, this guy, I mean, you got to love the game if you're going to dedicate your your kind of livelihood to this and really no guarantees and travel the, yeah. I, I, I can't, I have, to, I have to do more research on that, but I remember... I thought his whole story was pretty cool on how, how he kind of came about. 
If you told me Sam Query was against the industrialized world and still believed in hunter gathering, I'd believe. <laughs> I, I'd be like, I'd be like, it checks out. I'd be like, yeah, he's a hunter gatherer, sure. Like him and Sangren. Yeah, natural forager like that. I could see Sam Query doing those sorts of things. But no, I mean, look, it's not just them. Like Manorino unseated the lefties, always dangerous on this surface. Jack Sock, Sasha Bublik, talk about an exciting round of 16 match. And for Sock to you know, beat Cressy the way he did round two at Wimbledon. I mean, Jack Sock's been good, and he's number 100 right now in the world. He belongs in the top 100. He's back where he belongs I mean, Yuri Veshley, you know I always yeah. like me some big lefty former world junior number one. But then the college guys. I mean, Blumberg into the main yeah. draw beats Ruben in three. He's going to take on Benjamin Bonzi. You could argue the Blumberg serve forehand combo is the biggest weapon on the court. But Bonzi better at everything else than Blumberg. So that's just a fascinating test. Kopfer versus Eubanks, a little Tulane, yeah. Georgia Tech action. It's a fun draw. It's a fun tournament. Can- can Sock, get, can Sock get back in the top 50? That's my last question. Thousand percent, yes. Jack okay. Sock's like, I, he what, he turns 30 in September of this year? Yeah, turns 30 at the end of September. A, a, again, he's finally healthy. You look for him here in 2022. Jack Sock now 29-12 and 12 overall. Now the majority of that has success has come at the challenger level, but he's been willing to grind at challengers, and it's and it's born fruit for him. He's back in shape, you know, third round Wimbledon coming through qualifying comfortable first round win yesterday for him against Elbot. Absolutely. Like he just, his serve, his forehand, the physicality, there's a place for him in the top 50, which by the way, that'd be like a, a, you know, a dozen Americans in the top 50, which would just be insane. And the way you just said 30 is a lot different tone than I think we would have said 30, 10 years ago or 20 years ago. I mean, like, 30 when I was growing up was like those guys are on the back, like back nine coming towards like the 14th or 15th hole. Now 30, like with the standard of like sports medicine and how these guys kind of uh, recover and stretch and all the technology they have kind of like built into like to making them the longevity kind of there. Now Jack Sock at 30 years old, it looks like he can have another two or three years where he can make a, a push in the rankings. Yeah, let's do at the least. flip. The yeah. flip side, we're also much closer to thirty now. And if someone said we're on our back nine, we'd punch them uh. in the face. Uh, <laughs> so, with that said, Nate Dog, twenty three point four percent favorite FAA according to Tennis Abstract Singles rating. You then have Isner at fifteen point nine. After that, Van Reithoven, nine point nine percent. Andy Murray, eight point seven percent. Who you got taking home the Newport title? Give me Maxine Cressy. Ooh. Yeah. Give me Cressy. I think mean, I don't know. Let me. I, I love Cressy's game. I was really bummed that he didn't make any noise at, at Wimbledon. Fair. I'm gonna go Felix. And I, I again, Felix only has the one ATP title in his career. Mm-hmm. This feels like a perfect opportunity for him to pick up a second. I would love to see him play Murray in the semifinals. Would love to see a you know one of the college guys break through in that bottom half of the draw or get someone unseated. This draw is perfect for Felix to, to, to take a title. This is the like, one. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. His section of the draw, too, Brody and Popperin and Kubler, yeah. like, who's going to hurt him in Nobody. that section of the draw? So I agree with you. I think Felix should get to the semifinals, and I think he'll get there comfortably. It's his to lose, for sure. Anybody else wins, I feel like it's an upset. Very well said. Well, with that in mind, let's move on to another loaded draw over in Bastad. And again, 
with no points being offered at Wimbledon, with Russian, Belarusian players being banned. Listen to what we have here competing this week, the week after a Grand Slam. You've got Kasper Ruud, who, by the way, has three weeks of clay court titles to defend coming off of last season. He's your top seed. You've also got second-seeded Andre Rublev. Back on court after not being able to play Wimbledon. Schwartzman, your three-seed RBA, number four. But again, it's the depth in this field. Your number five-seed uh, Pablo Carreno Busta earned a nice win over Stan Wawrinka to advance out of round one. You've got Sebastian Baez, Holger Runa, a couple of dangerous young players seated in this draw. Again, the seeds are sexy over in Bastad this week. What are you looking at uh Nate, who who you think emerges? Out of this one, give me. I think Casper gets back on track on the clay courts. I mean, I, I, this is the one time where I, do, I don't like picking one seed. I think it's a little bit boring. But give me uh, give me Casper Root. I mean, I know Casper uh, had a big win against Senego in round one and three. That was I think that's impressive. Senego's like, I mean, I think he's very dangerous on clay. So Casper versus, versus Casper Root in round three should be a fun one. I think Rude takes that one and three, and if he gets by him, I think then it's uh, I like I like pretty much anybody that comes through at the bottom um, on a clay court. Casper Rude, forty nine and eleven on clay court since the start of last season. I'll say this: Francisco Sarundolo is going to push him, and Sarundolo had a disappointing clay court season, particularly given the amount of challenger success he has had on the clay courts, but. You know, I thought he played pretty well on the grass, whether it's the three-set loss to Penniston, three-set loss to Tommy Paul, four-set loss to Rafael Nadal. He went one in three on grass courts, the best one in three I've ever seen. And you look for the 23-year-old, 39 in the rankings. Just again, I think he's got to beat the qualifier so solid. I can't wait to see him take on Rude in match number he, one. He did. There. He did beat him. Oh, Sarundolo beat, oh, beat Sosa earlier today? Yeah, straight. Gotcha. I appreciate that. We're recording this here Tuesday, 9.48 a.m. Eastern Time. Early podcast for us, Nate yep. Dog. Maybe we're warning people now. But, I mean, listen to this section of the draw. Baez Fonini, Davidovich Fokina, Rusevori Team, RBA. Like, come on now. That's loaded. That's loaded. It's a 250. But, it's the yeah. week after a slam. It's a great I mean, draw. Baez and Falkina in round – I hope that's what we get in round two. Two guys that love the clay that are going to – two of the best movers on that surface. That's Yeah, sign me up for that. Yeah, and we're not even talking about Diego Schwartzman, who's obviously just been a exactly. rock on these clay right. courts. Crano Busta, same deal. I mean, Crano Busta, Schwartzman Luzetti might be lost. your – Yeah, Crano Busta, Schwartzman might be your quarterfinal. And, like, again, shout out to 2016. That match would have been awesome. But <laughs> six years later, it's still two top 20 guys going to be doing battle out there perhaps. At the 250 level, again, it's a really good draw. It's a really strong field. Both guys in the bestiest really and carrots of both in the draw. I don't know about all that. Did you see yeah. those allegations? Oh, uh, I mean, yes, and I, I did. And uh, for the Karatsev stuff, it's stuff we had heard before, right? And certainly you see how talented he is. You see how how sudden his rise was. You're like, why did this take so long? And it's never good that that's the sort of story that comes out uh, in the midst of that uh, about match fixing. I mean, look, man, this is a re- so my upset special, Rusevori. Did Rusevori beat team today? I know they were in the third set. I don't know how that match finished. Uh, just again, we started recording team, the podcast. Team took it 7-6, 7-5 wow. in the third. Wow. That's team's biggest win in what, like a year? It's a massive victory for Dominic Team. 
Dominic team ever get back to the top ten? Yes or no? I should have. We should. I should have had that on while we were recording the beginning of this. That just ended. That's. I'm. I'm happy for Dominic team. Good for him. So you get to top ten ever again in his career or no? Um, oh, that one hurts me. That's a tough question. Um, Dominic team right now. I, if you said top twenty, I'd I'd say yes in a heartbeat. Top ten, that feels like he's the. The tour is so freaking loaded right now. Turn 29 years old, by the way, this that's, September. Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of. He better make a push. He better start making a push like right now if he wants to get top ten. It Just, needs to kind of happen. 2015, he plays 64 matches. 2016, he plays 84 matches. 74 in 2017. 76 in 2018. 66 in 2019. I mean, again, he's been very injured over the course of the past few seasons, but like top to get, ten. What yeah, do you to, think? To play, I don't know. I don't see it. It's a lot of names. It's like, is he going to pass Sinner? Will he ever be ranked higher than Yannick Sinner ever again, or a Felix, no, uh, or a no. Carlos, or a Zverev, no. or a Tsitsipas, or like no. a Medvedev? Well, that's Bergini. six guys. Yeah, that's six, no. seven guys right there, and I it's just like. And by the way, we didn't say the two big names, Djokovic and Nadal, who aren't leaving right. the top ten anytime right. soon. I mean, like, so like, could he pass a Hercotch? Sure. Could he pass a Cam Nori? Sure. But like, once you get to that top, like it's it gets stingy up there. Is he gonna pass Nuri, a Fritz? No, I, I don't. I don't think so. Fritz, Fritz is gonna be in the top ten. It just depends how fit he becomes, because right now, again, that quickness, the you know, the po- combination of power and and finesse that he was able to play with and physicality it's just like can he duplicate that again it's so I hope difficult so. I, yeah it would be great for, great for tennis I, I, no, I'm rooting for it to happen absolutely tennis a better place when Dominic team plays his best I mean look it's a really fun I'm, I hope we get like for I mean Holger Runa who takes on Hustler first round a Runa Jure second round match would be fun but like if the seeds hold straight here Runa versus Rublev RBA versus Baez, Schwartzman versus PCB, Kasper Ruud, well, Basilevsky's already been knocked out, but say versus Karatsev. It's a really fun set of quarterfinals. You're going Kasper Ruud. It's a good pick here. He's a 35% favorite according to Tennis Abstract. Rublev 19.1, Schwartzman 13.1. Am I going to take both one seeds? Yeah, I'll be playing this week. I'll go FAA Rude. Just give us some stability here following all of the chaos with an unseated finalist at Wimbledon. With that said, last thing I want to throw at you quickly. Rome-Georgia challenger on the ATP side. You look at that Rome-Georgia challenger, a lot of juicy names, starting with the guy we already talked about, Ben Shelton, who knocked off Liam Draxel in straight sets yesterday to advance out of qualifying. You had Patrick Kipson, good win over Pat Maloney in the Battle of the Pats to get out of qualifying. Donald Young out of qualifying as well. Donald Uh, Young. Yes, a bunch of good names here. Your top seed, Yoshihito Nishioka, your number two seed, J.J. Wolf. Again, you've got Michael Moe, Bjorn Fratangelo, guys like Keegan Smith, Hattie Habib, Alexis Galarno, Alex Kovacevic, all coming off of strong college careers. Alex Rybakov as well. I really like this draw. Give me a prediction. I'll tell you this. Indoor, hard court, I'm taking J.J. Wolf. I don't know. I like it. I don't know the guy that... Riffis lost to um, Shintaro Michizuki, former junior Wimbledon champion, uh, like twenty-one year old Japanese guy, played at IMG. Really wow. tricky. Although that was a yeah. winnable match for Sam, certainly, and a, a huh. really good one, obviously at six and six. So 
I like this is indoor. Yeah, Wolf. Wolf is obviously that's kind of his element. Um, I want to see Keegan Smith. I know he's healthy now and, and back on the tour. I, I don't. He's a, what is he like six seven? He's, he's massive. Another guy that's probably dangerous on an indoor court. Um, I, oh, Emilio's in the straw as well. Uh, give me, yeah, give me Jay. I mean, just the weapons that JJ has. Jay, I think JJ or Shelton, honestly. I, but give me JJ. How fun would a JJ Shelton final be? Uh, I, I I might I might drive down to Rome, Georgia, just to see that. Dude, are we road tripping? I'll yeah. You you got. I'll drive. You got the gas. Let's get uh, it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> fine, but then you get all the snacks for the road. Um, yeah, not, I, I, I've been I've been used to this process with the Team Yellow Tour. I I kind of know what we need to how we got to hit, hit the road running. I'm expensing that gas to tennis point. I mean, <laughs> like it's for the pod. Um, no, look, Hattie Habib has weapons. All I'm saying is don't sleep on Hattie Habib, who had a really nice first round win over Rinky Hijikata in three sets. And look, Keegan Smith can fire bombs. He's got some momentum on his side as well, winning a qualifying event here in Indianapolis last week. I really like this draw. I just can't emphasize enough how much I enjoy this draw. I'm going to get, I'm so excited to get back to my challenger roots. That's one of the things, my goal this summer with things slowing down a little bit at Crack Rackets is just like get back to doing what you were doing in 2012 through 20, you know, 2011 really through 2017, which is just dive into that challenger. I've, I've, I've gotten mainstream, Nate. I don't like it. I don't like, I look in the mirror and I'm angry with myself. I'm just not spending enough time watching the Stefan Kozlov equivalents of the world. Like I'm finally getting back to where I can tell you about the Ethan Quinns, Alex Mickelson, Sebastian Gersneys of the world, but like not as well as I used to be able to. Don't, I got to read more Colette Lewis. Don't sell your soul to Tennis Channel, man. I know, I know the big leagues are calling for you, I but, know. but stay, stay humble and stay down with the day one. Nate, dog, I'm a sellout. It's devastating. You're, it's devastating. Like you're kind of yeah. You're kind of becoming like like how Fed sold out for Uniqlo, man. Yeah, I know. I'll tell you this. I'm back on my futures tour grind, though. I'm starting to go through those ITF draws more frequently because I'm just like, who am I not seeing that I need to see? I agree. Mainstream draws get no that's, fun. That's one guy you need to see. Yeah, when was the last time we did, like, a good segment on, like, Oliver Crawford? Like, I just need some Oliver Crawford love in my life. But all right, with all that said, let's go through our WTA events as well. And again, going to spend about five minutes on all of these just to talk about what's what. Uh, You look at these WTA Losandra, I mean, hello. Uh, Danielle Collins, your number one seed. She's obviously got a ton of points to defend from last year when she elected not to play the Olympics. Your number two seed, Belinda Bencic, who just is healthy and letting it roll right now. Credit to her after a bunch of injuries early in her career. She's healthy. Why not play as much tennis as possible? Really fun first-round match between her and former world junior number one, one of the smoothest athletes I see rising the WTA rankings in uh, 19-year-old French woman Diane Perry. That's, again, a wow. really fun first-round match. Srivas Tormo, your number four seed. Bagu, your number three seed. After that, the always dangerous floaters. Potapova's in there. You see Lelia Jean-Jean, who's been great of late. Obviously, you have uh, some players coming off of strong Wimbledons trying to capitalize on that momentum as well, like a Nehemiah, uh, who we see in the draw. She earned a first-round victory. Petra Martic in the draw here after a strong Wimbledon run. Who are you looking at in this tournament, Nate Dog? Who you got coming out of Lausanne? You, you shouted out Jean Jean. I like her game a lot. That's another chick that she's she's tricky. She's got some weapons, but um, I, I actually she came out of qualifying. Uh-huh. Um, give me. Let's see. It's I, tough. 
Kalinskaya, I, do, I did I mention the young Russian, always dangerous, and you know the twenty turns twenty four at the end of the year played really good. I thought grass court tennis just ran into Benchich a couple Meyer's of times. Been playing good ball. Yeah. Yeah. The old German. Give me, I, 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 give me Danimal. I'll, I'll ride with Danimal. Give me the American. She's the Danimal. I, 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 how can you, yeah the Danimal college tennis? Shout out to Virginia, two time champion. Give I like the, it. No, this who. is an event she's had. Obviously, we're back on the clay courts here. It's probably not her best surface, but I, I, I still like just how well she competes. I'm feeling a Cerebes Tormo run. I think Cerebes Tormo is going to work her way to the finals of this tournament or semifinals, and she could run into Bench. I mean, Bench is just playing so well. I don't care that it's a clay court. I think this one gets funky. I think something it, weird This happens. one's going to get weird. I, I don't even know where to start on this draw. This draw is going to get weird. Yeah. I'll take Cerebes Tormo. To win the tournament. I don't feel great about it, but again, looking at this draw, a lot of players working their men, and it's going to be fascinating, the Russians in particular, Kalinskaya, Potapova, all these, you know, Blinkova, all these players who weren't able to play Wimbledon. Blinkova is getting you know. torched. Yeah, she's, right she, now? Is she? Yeah, she's, she's, she lost 6-1, she's down 5-1. Okay, so not Blinkova. Um, yeah, again, should be a fun week of play in Lausanne. Going to be exciting to see the top seeds in action. Also keep an eye on Caroline Garcia, who's just played uh, really like good tennis over the past month and obviously no longer on the grass courts, but Garcia's been a top 10 player in the world. So she would be the dark horse candidate to watch here in Lausanne. And then you've got the action in Budapest. And as I've mentioned, we just see top seeds playing in all sorts of different locations this week. Finally healthy is top seed Barbara Krejcikova, who's trying to build that resume back up, get some points on the board. She's the top seed. She's going to have a tough matchup against Wang Shiyu, the talented young Chinese woman round one. Of course, your number two seed is your 2022 French Open semifinalist, Martina Trevisan, back on the clay court. She earned a nice first-round victory. You've got Putensiva, the always dangerous Angelina Kalanina, uh, plenty of other lingerers in the draw as well we can get into nate dog you look at the tennis abstract predictions for this one pretty narrow across the board putin save a 13.9 percent favorite serenko 12 8 trevisan 12 7 then krechikova at 12.9 uh at 10.9 excuse me what do you see in this week nate dog in budapest give me bogdan anna bogdan Ooh. yeah 29 year old from romania no, it's it's a bold pick. She's got Pano Vardy round one. She may have already won that match by the time we're speaking. In fact, you look uh, as of right now. I'm the scores are still loading right now. An update for me in Budapest. But yeah, I I don't hate the pick. And certainly, you look. Uh, she did not play earlier today. Trevisan three set win earlier today. Got pushed a little bit more than I expected. Putin Putensiva, by the way, down four one, currently in the first set. Although that feels pretty normal uh, for her. Some good results recently. No, no, I like how Bogdan moves the ball around the court. Always a tough out on the clays, certainly. Semifinals 125 and uh, K in Paris right before Roland Garros. Played a really fun match at Roland Garros against Victoria Azarenka. It's not a bad pick. Not a bad well, pick at all to make some noise. I mean, oh, it's tough, man. Looking at these draws this week, to go back to a clay court mindset, you're just like, who knows Yeah. Uh, what the clay court's going to look like. You know what? I'm going to be really uncreative this week. I'm going to go with Krachikova 
former French Open champion finding her legs back under her could use a title to really get some momentum heading into this hardcourt summer. I think she's going to find that title, find that momentum here this week in Budapest. But again, four tour-level events, two on the ATP, two on the WTA, Rome-Georgia challenger as well. Fun week of tennis for all of us to escape that Wimbledon hangover, Nate Duggan. With that said, uh, obviously we did not talk all about the latest and greatest happenings at Tennis Point. Listeners know to find the latest equipment at the greatest prices, they can go to tennis-point.com today. With that said, to end today's show, anything we should be aware of? What are you guys up to at Tennis Point over the summer months? Guys, check out on our website, we have the Amazon Prime tennis deals, 15% off with the code PRIME, capital P-R-I-M-E. Um, but yeah, obviously the Wimbledon collections are available. Uh, we have our Wilson Rush Pro 3.0 exclusive shoe with Wilson, red and black shoe that we've been bringing around with us on the, on the Team Yellow Tour. It's gotten some great feedback from the kids and uh, the, the coaches that, that have put them on. So um, yeah, for the women, Ava Court, the Adidas Ava Court and the Adidas Ubersonic Force, beautiful colorways are available and ASICs coming soon. Finally, we will have ASICs back in the warehouse. It's been a while. So no. If you guys have any questions, as always, uh, we've got a few, few of you guys asking questions in the DMs. We love that. Always available to uh, take any equipment, gear, tennis, whatever. And, no, happy uh, Tuesday, Tennis Point Tuesday. Love to hear it. Happy Tennis Point Tuesday, my man. Well, again, all the latest and greatest products, tennis-point.com. Use that promo code CR15 if you don't mind to let them know that we sent CR15. you there. A shout-out, as CR15. always, by the way, to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the of any job he does day in, day out, making all of this content possible. With all of that said, again, we're headed off to Iowa for the Madison Keys Court of Dreams celebration of tennis event. That said, we'll continue to have podcasts for all of you listeners throughout the week, updating you on everything happening across the tennis world. With that said, for the fantastic Nate Walrath, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Tennis Point, from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Nate Dogg, what do we tell our listeners? That's the break. And we will see you all next week. Thank you as always, my friend. Much love. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens.